When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and shows my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. It's Hardwood Handicappers, presented by Vsin. I don't know. Do we, are we presented by the Vegas Stats and Information Network? Probably. Uh, John, Jonathan Von Tobel, Kelly Bidlin out sick this week, but we have a good episode on tap. Mitch Moss is going to join us here this week, and we're going to discuss a little bit of the futures market, uh, mostly player awards and what his thoughts are, defensive player of the year, most improved player of the year, where he's at in some of his standings, some of his awards. He's got some pretty good tickets out there, some pretty big numbers on guys who are now favored to win certain awards. So we'll get his thoughts on where he's at with those awards, how he's positioned himself, and what he's looking to add potentially as we move into, we'll call it the more popular portion of the season. Now that we're post-Christmas, people tend to pay attention a little bit more to the NBA. Uh, There's not a lot of news here today, so there's no hardwood headlines per se, but I did want to kind of keep with the futures theme because one of the things that I have written about and wrote about, and this is kind of what I wanted the theme of the episode to be this week, was futures. And what I meant by it was just kind of looking because I finally added the two uh, NBA finals tickets to my portfolio, right? I, I've had a, quite a few futures that I've added. We've got, you know, Hawks preseason to win the division, right? Lots of win totals, uh, of course, awards. But in terms of winning the NBA finals, I wrote about this and I've discussed this, but I think it's the time to kind of have this conversation, which is I tend to wait for the season to start to get involved with NBA Finals awards, unless there's like some really good value at the preseason market, which generally there isn't, because there's ebbs and flows to the season, and I tend to find that value as the season begins. And I think there were two teams uh, that showed themselves to have some value on them in the betting market and thus jumped on them. And that's really been the, the plan for me almost every single year, right? You go back a couple of years ago, the COVID season, I had bet the uh, Miami Heat to win the NBA Finals. I had them at 80-1 to that year that they made it to the NBA Finals and lost to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, last year, the Boston Celtics, and they bottomed out in the range of 66-1. to I know some people had better tickets than that, but that was where I got them at. To win the NBA Finals, they get to the NBA Finals. You can find yourselves in position to do that. Uh, just little things here and there. I think as the season progresses and there's ebbs and flows, you're looking to buy low on teams. You're looking to get prices that bottom out when the market adjusts, and then you're willing to go in on those. So I've added two tickets to my portfolio for NBA Finals winners, the Los Angeles Clippers and the Philadelphia 76ers. And I wanted to start with the Los Angeles Clippers because uh, I, I've bet the Clippers to essentially win the NBA Finals three different ways because I thought... And by my numbers and own projections, there was quite a bit of value 
on the original number that I bet, and it was over at Circa, and Circa's odds um, actually kept decreasing for the Los Angeles Clippers, or in other words, the price kept getting better. And so I figured that I find value in this, and if this is going to continue to grow, I'm going to keep going until I've put enough down that I feel is good enough to get that, that edge, or until the market snaps back, and the market did snap back over at Circa. So for the Los Angeles Clippers, added them at plus 1050, at 11, 1150, and uh, actually did miss out on 12 to 1, because I don't actually, and I don't remember if they did, I think they got to 12 to 1, I cannot remember, and I think it was brief, but three different ways, 1050, 11 to 1, and 1150 is what I bet the Los Angeles Clippers at to win the NBA Finals, and I feel very strongly about this. Uh, at the beginning of the season, as I wrote, as I've discussed, I came into the year thinking that the Los Angeles Clippers were the best team in the Western Conference. And Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, the time with them on the floor has been pretty fleeting. But now that Kawhi Leonard is starting to get healthier, and now that Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers are starting to very quietly look like the Los Angeles Clippers that we expected them to be, I do think that at those prices, and I, I will say 10 to 1 is the current market price now in the Clippers, I think that is an investable price still if you have not gotten down. I mean, I am obviously already in, so I don't need to get in at 10 to 1. But I do think that that price is still worth investing in if you are not in on the Los Angeles Clippers. And for what we're talking about here, I mean, first and foremost, I do think the Western Conference as a whole is very wide open when you're looking at the way that it is stacked up so far this season. Obviously, the New Orleans Pelicans, as of last night, are the one seed in the Western Conference, followed by the Nuggets and the Grizzlies. Clippers are only two and a half games back out of the one seed after they fall to Boston on Thursday night. But the Clippers are starting to show some real growth. They have won seven out of their last 10 games. They have covered eight of those contests. They are looking more and more competitive. And the numbers with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are fantastic. When those two are on the floor together, a plus 13.3 net rating in non-garbage time, a defensive rating of 101.6. It is absolutely checking all the boxes the Clippers are for the team that we expected them to be and I expected them to be. So buying at a little bit of a market low, when we're talking about 10 to 1, as they're showing these positive signs of growth in a Western Conference that seems to be very wide open, uh, I think this is very much, very much worth investing in for the Los Angeles Clippers. So again, kind of a bottom low price. Uh, again, like We're talking about some spots as high, the probability on them to win it, as about 8 to 1. 10 to 1 is the best price out there and felt that it was worth reinvesting in as the price continued to grow. So Los Angeles Clippers are the first one. And again, kind of speaking to, and you'll see the theme, buying low on these teams. The next one was Philadelphia uh, 76ers. Philadelphia 76ers, I got in at uh, 24 to 1. And um, that bottomed out at about 25 to 1. We're now seeing that number creep back to about 19, 18 to 1 uh, to win the NBA title. That number also over at Circa to win the NBA uh, Finals. And this is also kind of going back to some preseason notions for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, the difference, too, is, again, health-wise, this team got off to a pretty poor start. We get the reports that Joel Embiid was dealing with plantar fascia in the offseason, and thus his conditioning was not very good. They lose James Harden. They lose Tyrese Maxey. But James Harden comes back, and all of a sudden, this team, in the middle of a really easy homestand, starts ripping off wins left and right. Wins at 1.8 straight, get a good win, a 20-point comeback against the Los Angeles Clippers last Friday, right? Go on New York, go into New York on Christmas, take care of business there. They have consistently shown the Philadelphia 76ers some growth as they have gotten healthier. They have unlocked, it would seem, a really good lineup 
with Joel Embiid, James Harden, and DeAnthony Melton in the middle of things to give them like a, a solid defensive presence. With Joel Embiid, James Harden, and DeAnthony Melton on the floor together, Philadelphia is plus 16.7 per 100 possessions, offensive rating of 122.6, a defensive rating of 105.9. Melton is a great defensive backcourt piece to have next to James Harden. You can sick him on the, you know, the, more, the primary offensive option of teams defensively. And he still adds, by the way, um, enough as an offensive player, specifically shooting, right? He's shooting 39% from three-point range so far this year, um, that he is going to add or at least raise uh, the floor and the ceiling of this team's offense. He fits perfectly with this lineup. We know how good Joel Embiid is as a defender and as an offensive player. Same with James Harden. P.J. Tucker, you need a little bit more out of him offensively, but either way, he's a good and decent defender you can throw out there. And Tobias Harris has emerged as a halfway decent catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, as we know, and has been pretty consistent in some pretty big matches, that this team, even without Tyrese Maxey, has been playing at a really, really high level. And so, again, when you talk about buying at market lows here, when it got to 24 to 1, that was a buy price for me. I mean, I was looking at Philly. I was willing to buy him at 16 to 1. But then they got off to the rough start. They got injured. Wanted to see how far this thing would go. And it got pretty low for the Philadelphia 76ers. So, again, kind of keeping with the theme and what I'm doing with the NBA futures, buying low on each of one of these teams. That has been the theme for me. That has gotten to me into some positions with some really good value on teams and in good positions, too, right? Like, eventually they have to get there. But they've gotten there. And so. I'm willing to go to war now with the two NBA Finals futures tickets that I have uh, of the Clippers at three different prices and the Philadelphia 76ers at that 24 to 1 price. So that's what I wanted to kind of hit on as part of this in terms of our podcast this week. We, you know, we've talked a lot about the awards markets. We've talked a lot about some trends and whatnot in the game to game basis. We hadn't really hit on like NBA futures and NBA Finals futures. And I would say again, too. As I've discussed with the the Clippers, at 10 to 1, still a price worth investing in for Los Angeles. And I would say still at 1920 to 1, a price worth investing in on the Philadelphia 76ers to win the NBA Finals. And that translates to the Western and Eastern conferences as well. Both teams, of course, as I believe, uh, are conference contenders and worth investing in at any level. But if you wanted to go just with a conference future and a berth in a conference finals gives you a position to get off of, that's perfectly fine too. But I, th- I legitimately believe both these teams can win the NBA Finals and thus betting them to do so at prices that I think have some really good value. All right, let's take our break here. On the other side, Mitch Moss is going to join us. We'll get his thoughts on the futures market and what we've seen so far. Talk a little NBA awards, and you'll never know. You'll never know. I shouldn't say never. Um, he's, got a, uh, he's got a future on a guy at 501 who is now the favorite to win his respective award. So we'll get Mitch's thoughts on that and a little bit more when we come back here on Hardwood Handicappers. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. All right, joining us this week because uh, Kelly Bidlin had uh, the audacity to get sick, as I did actually uh, earlier last week, Mitch Moss. Follow the money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
and a uh, man of many talents. And I know, Mitch, uh, this is this is all pure football season. So for somebody like me who is told your job is to to pay attention to the NBA, um, I'm all in. I got my brows deep. Uh, what is your? I always ask this question for people when I have them around this time. What is your intake level of the NBA? Like, how would you judge it at this point of the season? It's the uh, the I will be completely honest. It's the most behind I've ever been, probably on the NBA. Um, certainly college basketball, and I have no idea what's going on in the NHL. And I think I have a pretty good reason for that, though, overall GBT. Um, I've never been like deeper in the NFL ever. And that's because the reason is uh, up until last week, I was tied for 18th in the super contest. Nice. So, but, but then guess what happened? What? Yeah. Just take a guess. Yeah. I'm assuming an 0 5 or something. And you just felt 0 5. Out. Yeah. Damn. 0 5. So think about this on the year. And I, I'm telling you right now that the part of the reason why I, I mean, it was the best year. I was, what is that, 65% I think I was hitting? It's because mm-hmm. I, I was so deep in the NFL and I avoided a lot of other stuff. Every other year, I'm like, okay, well, now I got to pay attention to college basketball, the NBA, you know, some NHL. And then they would drift away in the NFL. And that's when, like, November, December, I would start to tail off like with the betting. Well, this year I didn't do that. I made it a point and it certainly helped. So I got to make a point to do that moving forward. But also, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm four and a half points out of first place. And if I put up a two and three last week, I would be in the top 25 still. If I put up a three and two last week, I'd be tied for seventh. Yeah. But instead I put up an 0 and five and I had not had a one and four or an 0 and five all year long. And then bam, there you go. Merry Christmas. Man, that sucks. Have you, does, what is the mini, is there any mini contests in the super or in the, or no, you were in the super contest. So did you get anything, did you get any mini contests or anything like that? Any six or three or. So here's the thing. I'm going to miss out on everything. I did it because I love the mini contests, right? But I never put together like a 13 and two stretch during the three or a great record during the six. I was just consistent throughout the entire year. I avoided two and threes. I hit three and two or four and one, like almost every single week. So I was right there plugging along. Uh, and then I also, I'd only pace top 30. So now I got it. I need to finish like nine and one to have any prayer whatsoever to finish Damn. the top 30. Damn. Yeah. I have my good year was last year. This year has been dog poop. So uh, I'm hoping year. I have, I, I went, for, I went three and two last week. So I'm hoping for 10 and oh, the last two weeks. And I don't know, maybe 13 and two can get me something in the th- last three yeah. week contest. I'll trade you. I'll trade yeah. you. <laughs> but whatever then. Uh, all right. Well, I figured we'll, we'll hit on a couple of things. Did you hear my voice crack? Um, as I'm still recovering. I wanted to hit on a couple of big picture topics with you uh, when it comes to the NBA. Some of the easier stuff that you know that you can pay attention to, and I know you've got some futures too, so I know that you're paying attention uh, somewhat. Let's start with. Actually, I want to start with your. I want to start with your thoughts on defensive player of the year. That's where I wanted to begin. So you have, for those who don't know, can you set the scene for everybody where you're at with defensive player of the year? Because you do have a big ticket on a guy who is at the top of the board. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in pretty good position with Brook Lopez. I have him at five hundred to one. It pays. Uh, Pretty, pretty decent amount, I would say. Um, it would be the biggest future ticket I've ever cashed in my entire life. So I bet that back in um, late October, I think. So he got all the way down to even money, obviously. And now I'm seeing drift. He had four blocks again last night. Um, and I'm hearing more, more and more people make the case. Like, as of right now, Brooke Lopez would be the defensive player of the year in the media. They may or may not have votes. I'm not sure. But now he's, like, in the plus 170 range. And I'm not sure why that is. Um Maybe because Jaron Jackson has been awesome since his return from Memphis. Yep. Uh, it's so, I mean, if you go based on the odds right now, it's between those two guys. But you and I both know this. I mean, there's a lot of basketball left. So um, 
you know, I've been adding guys along the way. I added Jackson uh, for, you know, you and I had him at monstrous tickets last year. So if he wins, if he wins, if he wins, (laughs) I will be so pissed. Uh, I will be so mad if that's the case, but I did add him a little bit when he first started coming back. Um, I've added some other guys as well. Like OG, I added him like around nine or 10 to one a while back. Uh, I've added some Jared Allen. I bet Mobley right away before the season started, but I'm avoiding guys like Giannis. I have nothing on Bam. I have nothing on Embiid. So I've surrounded myself okay with Lopez, but uh, mm-hmm. man, that would be the big ticket for sure if that would come in. What do you well, think? I mean, you study all this stuff, right? I mean, yeah. the numbers are there, aren't they for him? They are. I think the one thing I threw this out to Kelly a couple of weeks ago on the on the uh, defensive player of the year with him, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. So go back like two weeks and they were playing on a Friday night. They were playing Dallas. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, in the third quarter, they were getting killed. Milwaukee was like that. What all Luca was doing was he was going. They were they were putting Brooke Lopez in pick and roll. They played drop coverage, so he was dropping, and Doncic was obliterating them. Like, and at one point, I think they got it to, like, 14, a 14-point 14 lead. So Bud calls a timeout, and you don't see Lopez again in the game until Giannis fouls out. Like, he he had benched him. He's like, we can't do this anymore. We're going to go small. And I bring that up because I wonder if – and it's not any fault of his own, so I wonder if that holds him back at all. But him playing in that drop coverage, right, and that being – and having such a clear weakness against certain opponents – Will voters not give him the award because he plays in a system that inherently against certain matchups will not allow him to be on the floor? You know what yeah, I'm saying? I, yeah, I think it was also that that's a big factor, too. I mean, if, if people look at that and say, look, you can't play the guy in certain spots and that's big. I think that was also the same game that uh, Van Gundy was on the broadcast. and He was making a case. I think it was that game because I was going nuts. I'm like, yeah, we need more of this for Lopez to be. Defensive player of the year. There was also that national uh, TV game against the Lakers where AD went crazy against them. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't watch it, but I would assume that Lopez was on Davis quite a bit in that game. But, uh, they, you know, they went there as uh, the Lakers were like, I think, eight and a half point dogs, if I recall correctly. They won it all right. And uh, AD was absolutely Superman in that game. So when stuff like that happens on national TV, it's probably not the best look either. Yeah, but I think, I mean, look, obviously, position-wise, you're you're in a, in a great spot. And, you know, he's going to get a votes, and he can still obviously very much win it. I wonder, obviously, there's the Giannis factor, right? How much they cannibalize each other to yeah. win the thing. Um, but he's, to your point, I've read a lot of articles with him as Defensive Player of the Year. I've read a lot of media members who I think do have votes who have considered him Defensive Player of the Year. There's plenty of season, but you have, I think it's our guy, um, Aaron Moore, who writes for us on the website. I don't know much of you, you've had him on, um, but he he does this with Futures where he calls it like your anchor ticket. So like yep. you've got your anchor ticket, right? You got the guy at 501 who's now, you know, plus whatever, 170 sure. that you can work around. And I think it sounds like you've done a great job with doing all that kind of stuff, right? With putting all yeah. of the candidates around him to put yourself in a position to get something out of this regardless. Yeah. And as long as Giannis and Bam don't make a big run, then, you know, I'm going to be okay. So I had to, I had to avoid a couple of guys. And I also think that Giannis is going to, this is going to be like, um, Ja Morant last year, right? When he was making the case for Jackson to be defensive player of the year, but also Desmond yeah. Bain to be uh, most improved. It didn't go that way, but I think Giannis might make that case uh, for Brooke. And, and I also think that voters might look at this as kind of like a lifetime achievement award for him as well. Like, oh my God, can you believe the story? Like, who saw this coming from Brooke, Brooke Lopez if you go back for Certainly with his days, in, uh, you know, with New Jersey and Brooklyn and the Nets. Um, but then early on at the Bucks as well, nobody saw this coming. He, although he was second team all defense a couple of years back. So up until that point, I think, you know, people would have been stunned. Um, but also like with this as my anchor ticket, JBT, and I like to do this with futures anyway, 
you know, let, let's say that Lopez and Jackson solidify themselves as the two favorites to win the award. And we're looking at this odds board right now in March. And like Giannis, Bam, Mobley, OG, they're all 15, 18, 20 to 1. Lopez is like even money. Jackson's plus 150. I can keep adding more on 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 um, Jaron Jackson the entire mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And if it's going to, if I, if I, if they're going to drift out as the two guys, then I'll just keep, I'll keep firing away on Jackson. So I, by the way, I was listening. I know you listen every once in a while. So I listened to the most recent Zach Lowe podcast. He had a uh, Tim McMahon on and yeah. they brought up Jaron Jackson again, and they were talking about him defensively. And Lowe said he could, he thinks he's arguably when he watches him just like, just pure, like defensively, it was either him and McMahon. They brought up essentially like he could be the best. He's he, he uh, you can make the argument. He's the best defensive player in the NBA. Right now, Jaron Jackson Jr. But he fouls like crazy. And yep. like and and that was Lowe's whole point, because we know that Lowe's a voter, was like he he Lowe flat out said, like, I can't vote for him if he can't stay on the floor. So if he if he doesn't cut into this whole fouling issue that he's got, right? Like playing under 30 minutes regularly because he can't stay on the floor, that's like for a defensive player of the year to only he's right now at this point averaging 24 minutes a game. That's yeah. gotta go up if you're Jaron Jackson Jr. You gotta stay that- on the floor. Think about that. It's half half a game. That that, yeah. that that I'm glad that he said that because I would actually that you know we pointed it out last year when we had Jackson. That was our biggest concern. Like, yeah. dude, you you have four fouls in the first half. Like, you got to cut that out. I mean, we we have like whatever the numbers were on him last year. Come on, we got serious money here to win. Stay on the court for us, pal. And uh, he just couldn't do it. And if that that's going to be a lingering problem, then obviously that would help me out. Yep. Yeah. And I I've said this a couple of times, and you mentioned that you got in on him too. But I think the sneaky guy to the, the horse that's going to come up from the packs, Jared Allen. Jared Allen's freaking awesome. He's I tell that a while back. Yeah, he's the reason why that uh, this Cavs team is defensively is starting to come. Well, not starting to come around. I shouldn't say why they are the second best defensive team by rating. And he's awesome. And I always have like these little moments, like the, the reason why I bet him they were playing. It was actually the Mavericks again, and Doncic tried to pick on him, and he brought Allen on the perimeter. Allen stayed with him the whole way, and like really? contested, yeah, contested the three point shot. I'm like, you know, what is this guy to win Defensive Player of the Year? And he's starting to climb up a little bit too, but. It's an interesting race, and I do wonder, guys, like you you mentioned you have OG and Obi, how those perimeter guys are going to stack up because I still think that Marcus Smart won it because Robert Williams got hurt, right? Yeah. And we're not in the midst of this renaissance of perimeter guys all of a sudden starting to get some respect. You know what I mean? I think you're, I think you're right with that. By the way, I did say on the air for what it's worth. Clearly, you're going to be invited. I'll put it out there for some uh, good karma points. Um, if Brooke Lopez wins Defensive Player of the Year, I don't know what we're going to do, uh, <laughs> but it it will be at Circa, I would presume. Uh, I will get like a cabana or two cabanas one day during the summertime. And uh, it's going to be like a, a viewer party, VEASAN party. Everything's going to be, I'll take care of the entire thing. Um, because I think it would just, that would be, that'd be, you know, that'd be, that'd be a great time. It'd be awesome. Yeah. And uh, I don't Brooke. care. I would be, put it this way, JB, I would be very happy to spend whatever that would take. Yeah. Uh, to that ticket. Uh, it sounds like I'm back. I like it. I'm back in when we were with Jaron Jackson Jr. At the, what do we have like 300 or 400 to one, whatever it was last yeah. year? Back yeah. in, oh. back into the fire. Uh, all right. So we'll stick on awards really quickly before we go big picture stuff. Have you gotten involved in MVP at all? Well, so, you know, again, I tried to get a couple of um, long shot tickets before the year started. Like I took BAM at um, like a monster number. It was like 2001 or something like that. Yeah. Huge number. Um, I have Booker. I have Harden. I have a little Zion. I expect to cash zero of those tickets, obviously. Um, and I didn't, I, you know, this past week I was actually gonna, 
I was looking for for Joker, and I said if I can find eight to one, I was going to bet him. And I think that was after his monstrous triple double that he put together. And I'm like, nope, late to the party. He was done like four to one at, all, at every spot. So I have, I'm not going to win that bet. I'm not going to win any of those bets. And I haven't because like, who do you add right now? Among like the top three or four guys, and if you want to expand it to six, that's fine. I, I feel like I'd be throwing darts here. Like, I think Joker can absolutely win it for a third time in a row, but I know that you love Durant. What if I take Joker and then Luca goes nuts for the entire year and he wins? Or how do you, you know, how do you deny Tatum if they win 60 games or whatever it is and he continues to play like this? Right. So I, I think they're actually, I think there's one guy worth adding and it's only because of the price. Cirque has got Durant at 1150. I think that's a price worth adding Durant at right now, especially can when you over, look at like, overtake the field. See, okay, here's my worry. And I think I voiced this to you guys when I was on. I don't know what old fart voters are going to hold the summer against him for. Like, you know what I mean? How many of those old, like yeah. those voters are going to do it? There's going to be some. I mean, you'll remember the year that, who was the NBA radio guy who didn't want to vote for Harden, who flat out refused to vote for Harden that year for MVP because of what he did with Houston? Oh, that's right. You remember, I, I can't remember which one it was. Yeah. But like, and there's there there were quite a few like that, and there were, he wasn't the only one. There was just one that I, I can't remember for some reason, um, his name. But I, I feel like there's going to be people like that, right? I feel like there's going to be people who will say he got Steve Nash fired, he demanded a trade, he doesn't deserve to win MVP, and that's what worries me. But I, dude, like, have you looked at some of his numbers lately? Oh, they're amazing. Yeah, what he's been doing, like from on court standpoint, from just basic numbers in terms of his scoring, like he's he's part of. Like uh, I think it was Winhorse who brought this up the other day on his podcast. You know they have the fifty forty ninety club. He's yep. he's actually he could be part of like a sixty forty five ninety club. Oh, get out! <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if he keeps up at this, this, this torrid pace that he's on, it's insane what he's been able to do. Uh, for those who don't know, twenty nine point nine points, seven rebounds, five and a half assists for Kevin Durant on the season so far, and he is shooting fifty six percent from three. And uh, okay, thirty-seven percent from excuse me, fifty-six percent from the floor, thirty-seven percent from three. I said fifty-six percent. Well, uh, so okay, there's him. I feel like every day when we come into the studio, we look back at the NBA the night before. We're like, Jesus, did you see what this guy did the night before? Like yep. the boss last night, they blew an eight-point lead late. Giannis had forty-five, twenty-two, and seven. And yep. in December, I'm looking right now. In December alone, Embiid is averaging thirty-seven, ten. And three and a half assists on 55, 45, 87. Joker is 30, 12 and a half, and 10 on 61, 32, and 76% shooting. And then if you look at like uh, a guy that I don't think can overtake the pack, but Zion, his numbers like last month, whatever it is, they're they're crazy good. Did you see what he did last night too, by the way? He was great. He, he was great. He had, I think, over what he had 42 points, scored the last 13 for yeah. the Pelicans, and they ended up coming back to win to win that game against Minnesota. Like to your point about somebody doing something every single night, yeah, it's it's absolutely bonkers, and like it makes the MVP race super fun and interesting. And I think like it it is hard to take the shots right because you're kind of throwing darts at the board, like you said. So I think yeah. you're looking for off market numbers, and, and that's why I thought Circa, you know, taking the position of putting Kevin Durant at eleven fifty, that was like a couple hours ago. I thought that was worth putting a little bit of something on, given that yeah, everybody else yeah. is like eight to one. You know, that, that's right, because I'm looking right now at other spots and I'm seeing 8, 8.850. So if you want to grab a little bit higher than that, that would make a little bit of sense and for sure. Yeah. And but I, like, I, I mean, that's like I was going to do with Joker. I, if he was eight, I was going to bet it. Well, he was down to four or 450. I'm like, Christ, I missed eight. I can't bet that now. And I also wonder, I don't know if the Mavericks are going to win enough games. 
Like that's yeah. the thing with Luca. The, the, like that I think you can kind of hold against him, but this right it's funny, like this race out of all of them, generally it shakes itself out, but none of these dudes are slowing down right now. It's it's absolutely wild to see. And it's really yeah. hard to kind of parse through it. Can I ask you this? Um because I feel like every year once football gets wrapped up and even through through throughout like November, December time, we always spend a lot of time uh on the network on our show, like talking about NBA MVP. Is it is it talk about too much? Or this year, do you think it really deserves to get like that much chatter because it's it really is that good? This year, I think it deserves it. I, I think in years past, and especially as somebody who has been asked to you know do a lot of interviews, can't imagine I, I, get asked. Oh well, that because think about it, it's the easiest thing to fall back on. Like it, like it's it, there's a I won't name any of the shows on our wonderful network. There's quite a few shows you don't watch a single second of the league. And so the only thing they can really fall back on is, hey, thinks going to win MVP. But I think this year, like out of all of them, I mean, there's like we said, there's no sign of slowing down. You're talking about the best players on the top two, the top two seeds in each conference, right? Zion, yeah. uh, Jokic, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like it's it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. Like when you're looking at the way these guys are playing, I think this year of all years, it's been great. And the cool part is, Mitch, you know, a couple of years ago there was a great race, but dudes kept getting hurt. Hopefully all these guys stay healthy so you can actually get something here in terms of like a legitimate fun race. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, a couple of years ago, points bet put up. I don't know if you remember this. I don't know which MVP race it was. It was a tight one, but they put up a prop of who will finish second in MVP NBA vote. All, all that. Right. Like, and hopefully we get some more stuff like that. Like, or, no. you know what I mean? Or like a, a, um, a, a, you can do like an exacta, right? Like a predictive yep. order of finish on the NBA MVP. Like, those kind of things that that opens a can of worms for like books if they want to get exotic with it to put some more stuff up around it. I, I got to tell you, I love that stuff. It's so creative. Yep. And combinations that you can come up with for sure. I'll tell you, a guy that you thought, you told me, you know, you're like, Mitch, you got to pay attention here. The numbers are so good with him on and off the court. Imagine if Curry didn't get hurt. Uh, and that's it. Yep. That's the thing. I mean, and even still, if he comes back on the short end of the sh- like, right, of the recovery timeline and they start ripping off wins and he's like the exact same guy. Then you're looking around and going, all right, like it's his numbers were insane. I honest, I honestly don't know the answer to this. You probably do. Because I was obsessed the year that he was uh, unanimous, mm-hmm. the 2016 year when they won 73 games. I, I'm not joking. I, I watched like 90 games that year. Um, my favorite season of all time, playoffs included. Is he having a better year this year than he was that year? I think from in terms of his actual value, yes. Like on court, off court numbers, there's no question that he's having a, a better year this year uh, than he was that year. Now that year though, when you're talking like efficiency, things that like his efficiency numbers. So like two, it was, was 2015, 2016, right? That was his yeah. yep, unanimous MVP year. He's actually his points per shot attempt. It's a metric that uh cleaning glass has. It's actually higher this year. 135.6 the year that he won it unanimously 138.4 uh, this year. And it's on a lower usage rate on top of it. So he's like, he's wildly efficient with what he's been doing. The on-court, off-court numbers are absolutely insane. 2015-2016 shootings right on par. He shot 46% from three that year. He's shooting 45% from three this year. His oh. effective field goal percentage, how about this, Mitch? His effective field goal percentage is unanimous MVP year, 62.9%. This year, 63.3. Dude, that year, there was it was like seriously one of the craziest stats I've ever heard in any sport. Um, top of my head, I'm going to say it was something like he, his efficiency from 28 feet and out was higher than Dwight Howard at the rim. Yeah. It was something just absolutely bonkers like that. They I'll, have even to, 
I, I would very much recommend the book Sprawl Ball. It was written by Kirk Goldsberry. It's a freaking awesome book. It's a great book. And in there, it's it's all it's a whole bunch of charts and everything. And I want to say it's kind of like that. It like the year that he won the unanimous MVP, his three point jumper was more efficient than I think it was either a shot at the rim, like by an average NBA player, or a free throw line attempt. Like it's not like in terms of points per shot attempt or whatever. Well, like, it was something ridiculous. Yeah, that was crazy. And, I, and like, this year, you're telling me he's having a better year than he was that year. Yeah, in, in certain categories, he is, and he's thirty to one to win it. <laughs> like, like it's it, it speaks to what this year is. Uh, all right, anything, any other awards that you're in before we move on to like actual team futures? Yeah, I'm in. Um, let me see here. Sixth man, I have. Um, I went to war with Norman Powell to begin the season. So did I at thirty, and I added him again at like sixty five when he was hurt. Um, and then Brogdon a while back at 14, pretty good, pretty good bet on oh, him. That's good. So those are the two guys that I have. I, I don't, I have nothing on pool. I have nothing on Westbrook, um, nothing on Christian Wood, um, nothing on Bobby Portis. Uh, let's see here. Most improved. I'm on Shea. I got him right away to begin the year. He's minus Ooh. 170. I got it is minus 170 too high. Look at what, do you, what do you have Shay? Huh? What do you have on Shay? I want to say like at least 15. Okay. Yeah. At I like least, it. Yeah. So I've got, I've got Halliburton at 12 to one. That's a win, great bet. To win most improved. And I don't know, Shay, Shay's got to slow down, but I'm with you. We were talking about this on the air today when I was filling in for stormy minus 175 is for the way that Halliburton has been playing. I like, would agree. That is really high for him. That's aggressive. He's been freaking awesome, though. I, I don't know how you would make him. This is almost turning into some of the NFL awards like this year when Saquon right away was like minus 250 to win the uh, yeah. comeback of the year. It was like week five. I'm like, what? What are we doing? This is like Micah Parsons three weeks ago, minus $10. How? There's a there's six weeks left to go. In the, that's not that's not right. That wasn't the right number. And now this thing just – and I, I have shade. Like I said, minus 170 just feels off. I do think it's a two horse race. Like I think that Larry Markinen is he's been good, but I don't think he's been, yeah, he's a good story, but I don't think he's been good enough. Like the fact that Tyrese Halliburton is shooting the way that he is could lead the league in assists and then Shea with his scoring and like what he's yeah. been able to do. I, I feel like it's between those two, but you're in a good yeah. position there. In the last I have nothing on Halliburton, no. Yeah. Um the last award that I'm involved in is uh rookie of the year. Right after the draft, there was a book out here in Vegas, Stations, that had uh, Matherin at 15. So I grabbed that. It was the nice. best over I could wear. But I also recently just took a flyer, small bet, on um, Walker Kessler at 500 to 1. He's not going to win it, obviously, but he's putting up great numbers. It's a fun story. But I, I just I need something to happen. To I need Bancaro to really go into a slump here. Like I need him to start shooting like 20% from the floor and just the turnover machine and bad numbers. Otherwise, I mean, it has no. He's been what minus five dollars or bigger for a month now if not more yep well and i like the cool thing i don't know if you noticed this is what circa been doing i haven't checked for a while i think they haven't put it back up for a minute they've been doing just they don't hang up rookie of the year all they have is palo bancaro yes no yeah yep like that's all they have up there right now at this point which is it's a cool way to attack it too because i mean if you're like hunting for value that's the way to do it and can i just say uh i like when you text me about walker kessler it is so weird because i was like the day before I was looking at like some of his stuff and I, I I was like, I wish I could bet on him to do it. 
because I wish people would actually pay attention to those things and value like defense and shot blocking and like what he's been able to, if you actually watch him, he's been one of the biggest reasons why the jazz have gotten off to the start that they've gotten off to. He's so good at the rim. He's an awesome defender. I think right now, let's see, uh, block rate. He is blocked 5% essentially of opposing shot attempts when he's on the floor. That's insane. It was one game where he went nuts last week when I grabbed him. I'm like, the numbers were just astronomical. And people are like, you, to your point, I think it may have been a jazz beat writer or somebody else. You're like, nobody has any idea how good this guy is. And by the way, I'm not what you were just saying. File that away for next year when you're looking at certain markets. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, rookie year to be too tough. But beyond this season and year number three, that kind of thing, I'm going to have my eye on him and certain numbers for sure. Oh, to, for, to get him in a defensive player of the year market at the beginning of a season? Going to be like 500-ish to one or something? It'd be oh, huge. Yeah. Yeah, It'd it be huge. Be huge. Yep. All right, let's, before we get you out of here, let's go to team futures. Uh, yep. So let, first off, you um, for a Christmas present, this was for the uh, production crew behind the glass for Follow the Money, right? Uh, yeah. So you got them a three-team future parlay. Correct me if I'm wrong on these. It was Kansas City Chiefs to win the AFC. Yep. It was uh, Boston Bruins to win the Eastern Conference. That is correct. And it was the Clippers to win the title. Uh, the Western Conference. Western Conference. Okay, Western Conference. So let's start there, obviously. Uh, basketball podcast. I saw some of the responses to the ticket. Oh, good. These, I'm that you did. These people don't understand, Mitch. JBT. And did I tag you on that or no? No, no, no. I just saw it. I was going to. Okay. Um, I forgot. Boy, my, my brain cells are just wiped away as I get older. But uh, the every response that I saw to that ticket, right? was basically you're wasting your money on the Clippers. Right. And I wanted to tag you and be like, JBT, are you seeing this? I mean, it was nothing negative about the Bruins. Nothing about, like I wanted a realistic tickets for those kids to cash, right? Mm-hmm. Chiefs can clearly win the AFC. The Boston Bruins are crazy good in the East. And so we were. I was talking about Dustin, and I probably should have put like the Nuggets on there. But uh, we're looking around. I'm like, what do you think about the Clippers? Should we put the Clippers on there? He goes, yeah, let's go Clippers. And, he, and I didn't know he was going to tweet it out. I had no idea. And he did. And I'm like, I, later on the day, I'm getting all these mentions. I'm like, wait, it's all anti-Clippers. I'm like, what is happening here? What, am I missing something? Why are people so negative towards this team? I don't get it. Yep. Well, it's, it's the it's the load management stuff. People don't like it, right? So they feel like they're just like some wimpy, you know, I was going to say a P word I'm not supposed to on the podcast, you know, pansy team, um, <laughs> right? Um, that can't get it done. Um, but here's the thing, as I have mentioned to you, I'll just say this one more time for the the, the people who listen to the podcast know this. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the floor, a plus 15.5 net rating. It is elite. They are giving up just barely a point per possession defensively. Kawhi is getting healthy and looking more and more comfortable by the day. They are an elite defensive team. And in a Western conference, that is just, I mean, look at the West as it stands right now, right? Pelicans, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Clippers are the four seed, just two games back of the top seed in the West. Suns, Kings, Mavericks, Trailblazers, Jazz. You're going to tell me this thing ain't wide open? Come on. Of course it is. I mean, yeah. seven series, Clippers fully healthy in the Pelicans. Who do you want? Uh, the Clippers. A lot of people would yep. say the Pelicans, but I want the Clippers. Okay, so let me ask you this. Um, it, let's say the other two cash, right? Mm-hmm. And it, 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 the Clippers need to get there. My hope is that Kawhi at some point this year can get back to – 85% of what he was with Toronto. Is that wishful thinking or can he get that good? No, I don't think so. I mean, he's, he's showing flashes of it, man. Like, and they're like, 
but we're recording this. So right now we're recording this on a Thursday. Uh, they're actually going to tip off. They just tipped off against Boston right now. Like in that first matchup with Boston, he was insane. He's like he, he he's looking more and more like the old dude that he was and playing more minutes. And if you look at like his recent game log, he's had some quiet performances, but like the loss to Philly where they blow, they blew that 24 point lead that 20 point lead. Oh, I couldn't believe it. Uh, that was nuts. But it's bitch in that game. He had 28, he had 28 points on 12 and 19 shooting. He was incredible in that game. He was nuts. But also we can't forget that he was probably the best player in the NBA in Toronto. Yes. Or, you know, top two, top three, whatever. He was that good. So I don't expect him to be that guy. But, I, and I don't, I also don't know like what number he could get. Like I threw 85% out there. Yeah. 75% seems maybe a little bit too short and maybe a little unfair, but I, whatever that number might be, if he's going to, and, and by the way, as long as he plays, like let's say he plays every game in the playoffs and he's 85% of what he was, of course they can win the Western Conference. Who are we kidding? Mm-hmm. Again, I like the Nuggets are potentially like Joker's the best player on the court against anybody. He's unbelievable. The Clippers can beat them in a series. I can't think, I'm looking at the standings right now. I can't think of a team that I would be like, Ooh, I'm so scared of them. There's no chance of them, of the Clippers winning a seven game series. There isn't one that exists in the Western conference. Yep. Absolutely. Especially if a team like golden state, I mean, who knows if they start to lose and they've won three straight, but if it goes yep. sideways enough, um, a Steph Curry, Victor Wembanyama potentially matching up together. I mean, come on, Golden State's going to go for that if they can do it. So, <laughs> just saying, just saying, it's going to be uh, crazy. Yeah, uh, by, by the way, why would the Lakers not go for that? I mean, I don't understand what they're really trying to do. I mean, did you see LeBron's cryptic comments the other day? Yeah, yeah, about like uh, you know, as long as I'm playing, I'm playing to win championships. You know, yeah, but they're like they're like six games back of the number one overall pick, or you know, yep. having the chances or whatever. I ask myself that every day for some of these teams. Like Charlotte keeps trying to win games. They're not doing a very good job of it. But like yeah. Charlotte was the sneaky tank candidate that I'm pretty sure they're going to start selling some of these guys. Gordon Hayward and I think it's Terry Rozier are sell candidates at the trade. He's going to go. So, yeah. Oh, the other teams too. Like I don't. The Spurs. What are you doing? Right. They're actually trying to like like lately they're starting to win games. They were doing so well in terms of I tanking. Oh, they were, they were terrible. And some of the ATS numbers there for a stretch. Oh, God, awful. Yeah. But that we, they, uh, you have 11 wins. Guys, you're going to screw this up. Yeah, right now. Coach for another 20 years. It's the uh, Hornets and the Pistons that are in the driver's seat. And then uh, and the Rockets. Those are the, the three worst records right now in the NBA. Yeah. Man. All right, man. I won't keep you too long. Appreciate a couple minutes. What time do you go to bed? Uh, who knows? The th- Thursday night football tonight, so we'll be after the game. Oh, by the way, one That's... last thing I want to throw at you. Sorry about that. Yeah. How about a, how about a no price on the Celtics to win the uh, Atlantic? Ooh, I mean, I, I would assume that's a small plus price. No, I can't find one. Okay, but if they're, I'm looking right now at five. They're minus five fifty to win that division. Would you take four to one on the Celtics not to win the Atlantic? Oh yeah, absolutely. Would, I mean, look, look I, at these teams. The, the three teams are on their heels. I was going to say, two- I'm I'm wildly high on on Philadelphia. Like I, this team's starting to come together. Uh, I recently bet them at twenty four to one to win the finals. Okay. So like like I the, the the two finals tickets I have are the, actually I bet the Clippers three different times because Circa kept going up. So I just kept betting <laughs> every time it went up. But the 76ers, I, I think that people should watch out for them too. Have you seen some of these numbers with DeAnthony Melton in that starting lineup? Oh well you and I love Melton to pick up in the offseason, yep. but it was true. Guy's awesome. They're I think they're plus I have to double check it, but I think they're like plus sixteen with him in the lineup. And their defensive rating is like 101, 102. Like they've been nuts with him out there as like a defensive option in the backcourt to kind of hide Harden. Oh, dude, like they're 
they're really good. And, and Tyrese Maxey is going to come back. Maxey, yeah, your guy. Yep. yep. No, I would no, I would look at that with both Brooklyn and Philadelphia as options to potentially win that thing. Absolutely. Huh. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.